0: I'm Charlie Taylor.
1: I'm Minkara run hip-hop by the numbers on Twitter. I use hip-hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture.
0: And I'm threat to the fifth element. Well, I highlight the fifth element hip-hop with its knowledge. And we're not, sadly, glocko-popping anymore. R.I.P. let <laughs> dig the digits. It's not funny enough, it's not, it's not, but it's close. <laughs> I, do love,
1: I do love the Glocko Pop, I don't know why, I, I like I like Rizzo, Man, I like... So, uh,
0: yes, love, loving the Glocko, loving popping the Glocko. Hi Ben, how's your week been, what have you been listening to this week?
1: Uh, this week I got into quite a few records, but I'm not going to talk about them too in depth, because uh, I just don't have the, the cognitive capacity this week, but... Um, I listened to Kabwasa's Cab- album. Uh, brilliant. Fully recommend it. Uh, very upbeat. Uh, good energy, good vibes. Great Sunday record. Uh, really do recommend listening to that. Checking it out if you haven't before. BK the Ruler dropped a new project. And it's good. It's good. Um, it's kind of not as aggressive and as incendiary as i expected but uh i recommend it i think it's good i said on instagram you know give it a go and if it's for you you'll love it but if it's not for you you might not really like it that much but that's okay i can give it a go um uh, abracadabra dropped an ep it was good uh i'm usually expecting abracadabra to be pretty aggressive in his music but this was not as not as aggressive not as not as uh you know not, not in that direction as much, but yeah, it was good. There was some good lyrical content on there. Mr. Fab dropped the project. Oof, bro. The lyrical content here is, uh, I don't know, man. It's unlistenable. The first track's got... Uh, so he collaborated with Droopy, and a lot of people might not know Droopy. I think he's E40's cousin. No, I think he's E40's son. Uh, let me double check that. But Yeah, man, I really like Droopy. I think he's a really underrated producer. I think he's a good rapper, too, when he decides to spit some bars. The first track on this project has Droopy and E40, and it's it's good. It's a really good track. But after that, the lyrical content, man, it's just not for me. It's really not for me. I really struggled to get through it, but I thought the Droopy was great. Droopy um, was uh, obviously helping out in production, and the beats freaking slap, man. It's just a real slap, this album. Tony Yeo dropped his first project and now i'm just going to end on tony Yeo because like i i have a lot not a lot to say but I, I enjoyed this album so freaking much man it's 18 years i think since predicate thoughts a predicate felon um or maybe that was 2007 uh holy crap i did not expect this album to come out firstly uh i did not expect it yeah 2005 that came out his last record thoughts for predicate felon i did not expect it to be this freaking good man like the beats firstly absolutely slap This is in a bit of a different direction to Lloyd Banks' album from last year, I think, or the year before. Um, Because Lloyd Banks has had a bit of a renaissance as well. I don't see them similarly, by the way. You know, Lloyd Banks has always been uh, two or three steps ahead of Tony Yeo as an MC, lyrically. Um, But Tony Yeo's energy and just his presence is so much different to what it used to be. Same voice, same vocal tone. But he just has so much more of a presence on the microphone. And... uh, The way that he's talking on this record is it's like it draws you in and i i just want to hear what tony yeo has to say about things i'm curious i watch him sometimes i watch some of his like recent interviews and his perspectives on things are actually really fascinating and this record man it's i fully recommend people give it a give it a spin um he talks about cars a lot that's one thing there's so many cars this man owns it's crazy but Yeah, I I I think it's great. Honestly, I think it's one of the best albums released so far this year. Um, I just did not expect it to be that good, but I I fully recommend that record. So if people want to check that out, go for it. So that was me, Charlie. What about yourself?
0: Yeah, I got into a few. It's one that uh, second of, I think, five or six uh, high-tech beat tapes. Um, So this one was Panorama Apartments, 1994 MPC, 60ii. Um, and yeah, just um, it's really, it's really nice just to um, uh, just to have on um, because it's really nice um, just overall samples and uh, yeah, it's just very it's, it's not it's not aggressive at all. It's nice, uh, it's nice, nice uh, hip hop background music uh, to spin. Uh, Wesley Joseph Glow, um, shout out to uh, Mickey of uh, Research Source, uh, who um, recently did a profile on him, um, in anticipation for this project, um. The I'll say this: the only disappointing for me thing for me is that it's just too short in my mind. Um, it's literally I think like eight tracks, twenty-ish minutes, and I I don't know. I just felt like there's it was like part one of something, you know what I mean? And I felt like uh, yeah, I just I guess I wanted more. I guess, and that's not the worst thing to have, right? To even wanting more, um, but yeah, I just felt like this could have been. Just, you know, 40 minutes and uh, it ended up being 20 something. I don't really, uh, I don't know, just uh, not, it didn't feel like unfinished. I'm not going down that route, but I literally just felt like it was part one of something. And I was just like, oh, that's the project. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Interesting. Um. So yeah, it's a good project though. Um. I remember listening to this first one. I think that's called Ultramarine. And that was very wavy. Um. And yeah, this one's a uh, nice, different. Um, not something that you usually listen to in terms of R&B circles. Um, i wouldn't say it's like, uh, Moses Sumney level of esoteric. Um, but you know, is it's, it's a level it's out-
1: of esoteric. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. nice foreshadowing. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's, uh, it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it's a good project to listen to. As short as it is, it is very nice uh, to spin. Uh, Nappy Nina, uh, Morning mm, Dew, uh, spelt, spelt Morning M-O-U-R-D-U-E. Uh, Love the album cover, first of all. Um, just her uh, buried in a desert with a pillow. Um, don't know how that came about, but <laughs> respect it. I respect the, I respect the uh, realness uh, to it. Uh, it looks real anyway, I'm hoping it is. Um, but yeah, man, really, really solid. Uh, really solid project, um, really... Um, well, I mentioned esoteric. Might as well re- re- bring it up again, very esoteric. Um, her deliveries are just very, uh, just they, they just never, you're never, they, you're never left with the same same flow as it started. You know, what I mean, uh, she's she goes into like, this talkative flow, but then she goes somewhere else. Um, the subject is just everywhere. The production's interesting. Shout out to Jay Words, uh, frequent collaborator with Nappy Nina, um, on a few of those uh and great features um obviously including uh more mother yeah that was um, a great track, but yeah dude. yeah some really good um, really good stuff all over that shop um really different um not something i feel like people um listen to in terms of just you know what hip hop is dropping these days i feel like in terms of underground she and obviously underground is you know the perfect place for um diff- shit that sounds different and i feel like she fits that bill um, wholeheartedly, and uh, I severely respect that. So uh, yeah, respect to Nappy Nina once again, coming through with the banger. And lastly, Kalayla, uh, Raven uh, mentioned I was going to listen to this, and middle spin and me like spin. Um, I gives me it, it, there's a time of like uh, you know it's got this soft trance to it most of the time. Um, you know, soft drum and bass in 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 some cases. You know, very slowed down, very very mellow. But Meloonts is how I'm basically describing it. Um but I actually didn't <laughs> I didn't even clock any of the lyrics to be honest. I was just vibing out to the tunes to be honest. Um it was just really fun to really fun on to fun to have on while I was working. Some good dance. Um and uh, Yeah man, just love yeah, just love the dance beats, man. They were just really, really solid. Her voice just floated over it. It was just um really good in the background for me. Um I didn't listen to it fully uh uh alert and you know attentive i would say um and that's on me but regardless of that i still you know enjoyed it um i enjoyed the beats i enjoyed her voice going over them and um yes yeah, just some really and, if, and the sequencing oh sequencing just from track to track is buttery smooth here for that every day of the week allow me some good sequencing um, and it really elevates uh, all the tracks um, as a whole and as a uh, as a body of work. Um, so shout out to the return of Kalayla here for it. And with that said, we're going more esoteric um, by doing our chapter two <laughs> of our Reza re- re- retrospective. Um, and yeah, um, obviously if you haven't spun last week's um, for more of the storyline of Reza and more of the Overall conversations um, of uh, Rizza's leadership and Derefin that uh, has happened um, throughout the stories that we've told um, uh, with this uh, Book of Wu series all culminates in some ways um, to RZA obviously as the lead voice and as the leader of the whole thing and um, yeah, so for this week we're just going to get into his music um, since obviously we didn't do that last week Um, and yeah. This one, this one might be a quicker affair <laughs> compared to the last one, uh, for 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 reasons we shall expound upon. Um, so yeah, with that said, Ben, uh, let's get let's get cracking.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, friend of hip hop numbers Nicholas Craven recently tweeted out that RZA might be the most avant garde hip hop artist ever. Uh, yeah, I because, sent you that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah Charlie sent that. Which hmm. is, hmm. I mean, hmm. we, <laughs> I think maybe he's talking about it in the mainstream, but like
0: yeah Hmm. yeah need more need more criterion on that one yeah. yeah
1: I mean I think it's obviously a direct response to his most recent solo project Bobby Digital and the Pit of Snakes which is essentially a continuation of the direction that RZA's solo career has been going for a long time it's kind of more and more fractured uh, more spoken word the beats become uh, I mean the beats I was going to say less melodic but they haven't you know they've just become I don't know just different very different anyway I actually think RZA is just as lyrically sharp as anyone in the Woot uh, there are plenty of verses where he's breaking down incredibly difficult concepts. I think he weaves his lyrics around the beat, or sometimes he just barrels through it. Um, if you watch the Wu-Tang Tiny Desk concert at the end of it, after Deck, Ray, Capadonna, You God, Master Killer, they're all spitting venom and they're dragging us back into our formative years. Riz is on the keyboard, right? And he's offered this chance to rhyme. And he asked the backing band to do whatever they feel. He pulls out his phone and he drops something worthy of any member of the group any album at any point like you know this could have been jizza on liquid swords and no one would have batted an eye he raps, i used to be a metaphor whore i would search through the core of my brain to find a metaphor better than yours but now i'm a spiritual lyricist mystic and i realize hip-hop has a sickness so i'm going to cure the sickness without a pill that's better than me saying dollar dollar bill he keeps going in this in this like it's a really incredible verse and again we don't believe in his lyrical chops just go listen to his verse on nutmeg i think he's incredible and that will come up again as we talk about this that specific verse Um, but last week obviously we spoke about his incredible run as a producer on those first seven projects he had 80 percent production or more on and weirdly enough it was his debut album that broke the streak he wouldn't have thought that but the album was stupidly anticipated you know as you can imagine it was kind of like the cherry on top of what was a ridiculous period for wu-tang we didn't include Capadonna's The Pillage in those seven classic albums that RZA produced because he only had six production credits on it, but that album went number three on the Billboard 200. You could easily argue its case next to, to Cal as being an eight or more out of 10. So then if you include Inspector Deck's Lost debut in there, you could see why everyone was salivating at the prospect of a debut album for the, the man who was responsible for the entire movement, RZA. Instead, we got Bobby Digital in stereo um, and I want to let Charlie talk about it first because uh, I'm very curious Charlie's response to these these albums.
0: Um, I feel I feel my um, whole feeling towards these series of albums are just tinged with the fact that I don't find the alter ego that convincing. Um, I mean, it's, uh, he he said. Um, he said something along the lines of like um you know he had to live in a way he doesn't really live right um and that's obviously the point of bobby digital that is like bobby digital is like this character that is literally just just you know the atypical rapper you know let me feel my nuts you know what i mean money bitches weed and i just don't i, I don't get the I don't get the idea here. So, like, you're visibly, viscerally different from everybody else, right? Like, you know what I mean? Just in general, right? As Ruzza, as, you know, Robert Diggs, you are different. You are built different. We talked about that in many, many ways in the previous episode. So then you go ahead and make an alter ego that is literally like everybody else. (sighs) I, I I'm not I'm not understanding that. It's like so. Imagine like like the reason why Kendrick, for example, right? The reason why you know, Kung Fu Kenny, for example, right? The alter egos, right? Mister Morale. The reason why these alter egos work is because they're completely different and unique from everything else. They're fresh. They're different, and they take a lot of thought this does, Bobby Digital does not take a lot of thought. It really doesn't. It's just it's, it's literally going the opposite route. And it's not smart at all. I don't find it smart. It's like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to 180 them. They're going to think I'm going to drop some like really woke shit. Obviously he wouldn't say woke shit, but you know what I mean. I'm going to drop some like, you know, uh, I'm going to drop some mathematics on them, right? No, no, no. I'm going to go down the route that everybody else is going to go down. What? fuck double double it's a double cross bro chess moves you know what i mean queen's gambit bro you do, you just don't see it you, you just don't fucking see it bro coming at you different anyway jokes aside um yeah i, I just don't i just don't like probably digital in stereo i just i just don't I, I don't vibe with the entire the entire like outlook of this. It's just like, I, I, you give me, you you give me all of these, bruv, he, he did the music for Kill Bill, bruv. Like he did the, he's done film scores and shit like that. Knowing that now in hindsight, as in, you know, as a retrospective, looking at this retrospectively, I'm looking at Kill Bill soundtrack and I'm like, this is fire. This is clean, right? Afro samurai, clean. And then you give and then I listen to Bobby Digital, and it's just it's just every, yeah. It's just it's just mid. It's just mid to me. And you know, people put put it you know, people people read it pretty well. Rolling Stone four pitchfork two point nine. Oh shit, I didn't see that. Let me read that right quick, honestly, what I want to see what that said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you to know, yeah, that's one that. of the i
1: fir- I've read it and I quote it and, and it's one of the very <laughs> early like Times Holy Pit-book shit! Actually got it
0: right, and they they did right, get it. let me it, yeah, the, let me right. let me let me let me let me give this a, let me give this a read as I talk. But yeah, it's just uh, it doesn't. Okay, here we go. Look, so they got it. As far as hip hop concept albums go, this concept looks quite circuitous. Sec- secu- um, here's the concept in a nutshell: RZA, a rapper, has an alter ego that's a hardcore gangster rapper. The Finneyville plot is about as sturdy as the script for Twister. Provides a cheap vehicle for RZA to cruise through Tire cliches. If further removed from the genre, it might be considered satire. But like I say, just because Scream makes fun of lame teen, teen horrible, unscary horror movies doesn't mean it isn't a lame teen horrible, unscary horror movie. Okay, past the shot of Scream, which um was absolute um <laughs> just out out of nowhere, uh, subliminal shot. Uh, what was was what Scream done to you? I don't I don't watch Scream that hard, so I don't really care that much. But anyway, makes sense makes sense and it's and it doesn't feel like satire to me geese it it doesn't it doesn't feel like satire I think that's kind of the i guess what's missing if you really want to go down this route i just it just find it just it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't hit convincingly it doesn't convince me um it just um yeah it just comes off as a bit just kind come, just comes off as a bit uh, loose i guess um uh, the the productions okay like it and that's obviously that's probably the biggest um l right here is the fact that his production on here is probably i don't know what to say here but you know i don't want to go too off the boat but might be some of the worst he's like done I i don't know man it's just not that decent and uh yeah, man, and that's just the first album key. <laughs> you, you can literally just regurgitate this um, for, you know, the rest of them. But uh, yeah, as the album, Bobby did join Stereo itself. Um, yeah, just, you know, just give me that. Start off with that. The B, the O, the B, the B, the Y, the D, the I. I get it, bro. I get it. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, we can spell. Like It's just, it's not, it's not even it's not even enticing like that in the same way that, you know, uh, uh, like a two life crew is when it comes to like, you know, sexual bars, when it comes, when it's like, you know, Scarface, when it comes to the gritty gangster shit, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not on that level. It's just, it's just mid to me, uh, when it comes to, especially the lyrical ability. And, uh, yeah, man, I just don't really, I, I can see, I can see why people don't, um, li- don't talk about the Rizzo albums that much, I'm, I'm gonna say that, probably, that's probably a more fitting line for the end of this pod, but here I am saying it now, so, anyway, yeah, I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, well, it's very interesting, I think, obviously, it's it's important, as Charlie, you know, discussed, this is a Bobby Digital album, you know, it's, it's a, it'll come, become obvious as we get through that some of them are RZA albums, some of them are Bobby Digital albums, but this particular album is is absolutely Bobby Digital, and most of the Wu members obviously had alter egos. Um, they didn't always inhabit them. The most prolific alter egos were RZA's, Bobby Digital, and probably Ghostface, Tony Stark's. Uh, RZA explained his Bobby oh, sh- the Digital... Oh,
0: disrespect was- to Diamond Lex once again.
1: Here you are. Yeah, I mean, there's an entire <laughs> Diamond Lex. But was, was that, is that his alter ego or was that him just telling the, the diamond Lake story i mean i thought
0: i thought he was trying to embody it so you know but uh-huh. yeah you, you i don't know yeah let's leave it up to let's leave up to you yeah, for that one
1: incorrect um so, i know Bobby, you just, i
0: just know you didn't like the album so i thought you uh, yeah, uh, uh, i thought you're obviously omitting it
1: i mean it's not as bad as mobility, but it's just not you know <laughs> anyway uh, Rizzo explained his Bobby Digital alter ego in this way. He said, at the time, creatively, I felt like I was in a digital frame. I felt like I was in high speed where everything was digital in numbers, mathematics. I said to myself at the same time that as Bobby Digital, I could use a character to describe some of the earlier days of my own life, partying, bullshitting, going crazy, chasing women, taking drugs. At the same time, I would mix in my love for comic books. It was a mixture of fiction and reality together to make a character I thought would be entertaining. And I could utilize that character to get fans into me as an MC, as a lyricist, and also following the path of my life. It's like pre-RZA. That's what the RZA struggles not to be, in a way. So, this isn't the dumbest thing in the world, okay? It takes a huge amount of pressure off RZA as a solo artist, because he's creating this separate character, which is another moniker. So, if the music doesn't hit, it feels like a RZA flop. Um, sorry it doesn't feel like a RZA flop if the music doesn't hit, it doesn't feel like you know RZA himself flopped it feels like he tried something creatively and it didn't really pan out you know and it's always hard to view RZA's solo discography because unlike MF Doom who poured all his time and energy into developing these vibrant characters in this fully realized universe Bobby Digital is just someone who raps about sex and violence a lot that's kind of it you know, I I was going to constantly thinking during that. I haven't had the energy, but I really wanted to run the numbers um, and just discover how much he actually does rap about sex and violence. But I don't really need to. You just have to listen to the album and it's it's right there. And he spoke about this this actual too. He said, he told an interviewer, I have to live in a way that I don't really live. I've got to dip my weed in honey and I had mad bitches around me. I probably fucked with 50 bitches this year. Women are queens. Like, what do you th- but if, but if they don't know that themselves, <laughs> but listen to him. He says but if they don't know that themselves, Bobby will prey on them. He'll treat them like bitches if they don't realize oh, that they're queens. Sake. I had to get Bobby out of me or else I'd be emotionally unbalanced. Bobby Digital is just me feeling my nuts. Riza is my heart. Okay, but don't do it on your debut <laughs> album. <laughs> so you have to can you just can't you just write poetry in a book and let like like leave geez, it. Like come on. Anyway. Man. I love I love RZA, but the 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 violence against women bars are just horrendous. Like it, it's really not good at all. Like that's what I mean. Like let's his, his debut album is unlistenable in parts. You know, the kiss of a black widow with ODB is is truly horrid. I don't even. I'm not gonna read up lyrics because I don't want to keep saying these inflammatory things. I don't want to keep saying this stuff of just called you know said the word bitches like 10 times i don't even like to say that word i'm like stop saying this word please stop saying these things rizzo jesus you don't have to rap this way um love jones is is unlistenable is unlistenable uh reaching for the skip when that comes on the beat is horrible it's so delicate and vulnerable that you know is gonna violate it in some horrible way and he does he waltzes in and just like oh it's, it's it's not good and you know I think that his lyrical sword does exist. I was praising it at the beginning. He just uses that power for evil in the middle of that second verse on uh or might have been the first verse of Love Jones. Like what the concept of it is wrong, but the lyricism is great. Like if you go and read those lyrics, you're like, "Wow, this is Poor, like why, why is he rapping about this? But the way he's rapping about it is quite good. It's it's quality, you know, it's it's lyrically sharp, but like it's intricate, it's powerful. But yeah, I mean I don't know, man. I, I think yeah, it's just I think Love Jones is the quintessential RZA solo song because for the most he's inventive and expressive, but he drops in so many deadweight bars that drag the track to the bottom of the ocean. Um yeah, it's bad. At, you know, at the end of the second Ooh, verse he that. raps. Then well, tilt her at Tilt her at the axis, at the axis, then bend her at her equator, and stuck the oh, dynamite fucks. deep inside the crater. That's what I mean. He doesn't need to do that. <laughs> like in the middle of the song, listen. In the middle of the song, he raps. With the fragrance of a fresh pink rose and stroll into your eyes, the windows to your soul, and chose the best part, the dark pupil I chose, your heart was mutual into the center I dove, Backstroke in your abyss like a fish, counting every thought and dream and wish that exists within six, you was filled with pleasures of all men. Like, that's good. Perfect, perfect example. Like, that's, that's RZA bars. Yes. But they're Bobby digital
0: content. That's what that's what I'm struggling with here because if you're gonna go Bobby Digital, be dumb. Like don't call, don't say like I want to get inside your equator. Like, what are we doing? Are you Bobby Stick Digital? Pick my dynamite or not? deep inside like, your pick a That <sighs> like, pick a
1: lane, geez, pick a lane. Like Look, it
0: doesn't work to me.
1: Charlie hit on it, man. Pitchfork, Pitchfork was right in this hour. I'm gonna read another section. The red,
0: the rare Pitchfork W.
1: <laughs> X, you know, a broken clock is right at least two times a day. Ed
0: Sheeran and Rizzo, That's all they've gotten so far.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's it's been a couple, but yeah, this is uh, this is like 99 or 2000, one of their very early reviews, and um, I'll read it because it's good. According to the story, Bobby's list of superpowers contains smoking lots of weed, shooting blocks, disrespecting women, smacking women in the face with his penis, and talking on a cell phone. The thinly veiled plot, about as sturdy as the script for Twister, as Charlie said, and I've, I, Charlie already read that. Um, yeah, lyrically. And it says, lyrically, RZA has proven to, in the past he can do better. Randomly stringing anime references, martial arts lingo, crotch-grabbing bravado, and product names. RZA ry- RZA's rhymes tumble from his lips like marbles and vomit. A creative vocabulary saves some grace, but the pussies, bitches, and motherfuckers far outweigh the tighter-than-prescription bottles and Mr. Potato Head. You know, like, anyway, it, they, they, they they nailed it. I can't say it much better than that. And as someone who adores RZA's solo work... There's only a few tracks I can get behind on this project. Um, NYC, everything is a solid beat that mess slides through and eviscerates. But then again, RZA raps, get your pussy out like a pap smear. Like, no, stop, stop, just <laughs> don't do this. For fuck's sake, stop. Uh, Mantis is brilliant. I think Mantis is a great track. Uh, fuck mm, What You Think is good. solid. Daily Routine is okay. I don't think it's great, but it's okay. But that's about all, man. And it's almost unthinkable we could get a project of such low quality from RZA in 98. But we did, and one thing I will say, um, and you can judge whether this is good or bad, there's no way RZA is outshined on this album by his guests. Ghost and Meth deliver all-time verses, but only 9.1% of the vocals come from other Woo members. And to be honest, every single time RZA pops up, he steals the show, for better or worse. Sometimes, most of the time, it's for worse. Um, and RZA was really hurt by the response to this album. He actually told interviewer Gary Suarez in 2022, he said, in the beginning, just from my own ego, I was a little disappointed. I don't mind sharing that. I remember when we put the record out and I finally get to go back to the record label after doing my marketing run. So I go in and check on the sales. A month has passed and we only sold 700,000 units. It's gold headed towards platinum, but it's not platinum. And my albums prior to that are platinum within 30 days, except for 36 Chambers, which took time. But every album after that, within 30 days, it's already platinum. And I'm kind of like, hmm, this should have been platinum. Now that will be that quote will become very important as we progress through his career because, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll get to the next album, which is Digital Bullet, Glocko Pop album.
0: <laughs> yes, with the with the iconic, uh, the iconic tune. there's uh, Glocko Pop can't can't love it, love it, and also a part two to domestic violence because that's what we need, ladies and gentlemen we need you know what we there need from kendrick two next album a we album. cry together part two that's no. what we need from kendrick next album we need a part two that's what we need but that's the what worst the part needs. of
1: look the worst part about we cry together is it's 2022 i mean this was 98 like you know it's bad <laughs> but like 2022 no stop it don't do that song. <laughs>
0: Oh gosh, out fucking standing like your mommy ain't shit, your daddy ain't shit. Like it's just like oh bro, oh. like, alright, yep, yep, yep. It's just it's just not even it's not even like it, at least at least we cried together had that like shock value to it, and then it bore off on me very quickly. This one is just like ugh, just, why are you doing this again, bro? Like why why are you doing this to me right now? Um, I will say, um, this is. Marginally better. Um, I still probably won't listen to it <laughs> casually again. Um, not that good. Um, but you know, there's stuff like you know, Brooklyn Babies with the uh, with the Master Killer in there. I think that's pretty solid. Um, some good uh, some good storytelling here. A Brooklyn baby. I was born up in Kings County inside of the womb seven months before the Queen found me. Up in Rorty Brownsville with fiends around me. Now Rome get, now Rome, getting statin' with cream team around me. They called me Bobby, cousin Billy, got the black Harley. Taught his son how to snipe cats like Lee Harvey. Oswald, all's well that ends well. My big brother, Divine, he pushed the bends well. Like, it's decent. And, you know, Master Killer comes in with a very Master Killer verse. Peace, Lafite, uh, Lafite Stuyvesant, Malcolm X, shot dice on green. We live on Pulaski. it's Fred Glassy zigzag through traffic. Get the herb. Get the God Peace Ra. What's the word on things? Like it's you know it's 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 a decent track. It's a decent track. Um, and there are a couple of decent tracks on there. Um, but then there's you know then there's Glocko Pop. <laughs> then there's Domestic Violence Part Two. Um, then there's Black Widow Part Two, which I'm uh, which I'm reading to um, unnecessary. Yeah, just, just not just the part twos are very unnecessary, and um yeah, it just uh, it's just it's just one of those albums that are just like you know it has some it has some gems in there, but you have to swim through a lot of shit to get them, and it takes a lot of effort, and you know I mean effort you know realist real- relatively in terms of like you know listening to music because that's obviously not that that's not hard, but you know what I mean just uh just. Paying attention and you know proper listening to it, and you're just like you're just being hit with slapping bitches with your dick face balls. I'm just like, alright, bro, like I'm getting hit with a Glocko pop, and I'm just I'm just like, alright, cool, that's great, thanks, man, cheers, another, another, another solid, uh, what is it, fifty-ish minutes, seventy-one minutes, so I I I forget. RZA can't do an album less than 50 minutes. I forget. Um, So yeah, 71 minutes of uh, of all that. Um, So yeah, while there may be some gems in there, um, it's it's, you have to swim through a lot of pig shit uh, for to get to get to the to get to the truffle. Um, So yeah, feel free to do that if you want. I am not doing that again.
1: (laughs) Well, I I I like this album. I like it a lot. Um, I think it's much more enjoyable than the first, at least to me. I think it's probably his third best project. Um, It has a 70 review average, which isn't dismal. 24 on the Billboard 200, but we actually get some character development on the side of Bobby Digital. (gasps) We're going to talk about this. The violence and the sex was gratuitous on his debut album, and it was almost like he needed a way to vent that aggressive energy and use Bobby Digital to dump it all. Now, he told an interviewer from Prefix Mag that Bobby Digital isn't so much a sequel, um, as in Digital Bullet, sorry, uh, isn't so much a sequel as another episode. He said... I just make episodes but there's no particular order i recently found the bobby digital film i did some years ago i had lost a bunch of my stuff but i found that footage and started watching it one episode is about bobby digital as a regular street kid with long braids trying to get help get guns off the street the second episode is called the digital bullet and it's years later when he became a ghetto superhero so digital bullet is a progression Uh, it's not the easiest to follow since riz's lyricism remains quite abstract uh, you may remember from our Ghostface episode. I'm going to talk about Nutmeg now. I spoke about Supreme clientele and Ghost's wild nonsensical content structure. Now Ghostface attributes that, which is a hallmark of his of his career in the 2000s. He actually attributes it to a trip he took to Africa in RZA, uh, with RZA in '97. Um, now Nutmeg, which also features a wild verse from RZA, possibly my favorite verse of RZA's of all time. Is a pivotal song according to ghostface ghostface says that nutmeg is is essential to understanding who he was in the 2000s he said the lyrics didn't mean anything at all it's just free association so it's no shock that rizza increased that technique on digital bullet uh ghostface had brought wu-tang into the 2000s and rizza was still interested in commercial and com- critical success at this point so the narrative is meant to be the maturation somewhat of bobby digital you know a softening of the edges around his violent content uh, maybe someone with older and wiser eyes viewing their younger self they're still the same person they're just a little bit more considered it's not immediately obvious uh the legendary now legendary made by charlie and i have turned this into an iconic song the glocko pop is an, <laughs> it's an inane banger if that's about.
0: DITD's lasting legacy i'm going i'm a throw myself out window like, no nah, I, okay. I think dj
1: Khaled's probably <laughs> number one either that
0: or black eyed peas so I'm, I'm banking on that
1: I mean that's that's an iconic episode. That's that's my favorite episode we've ever done. <laughs> uh, Glocko pop, you know, it's, it's about glocks popping and 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 such and and things like that. Domestic violence part two, the most unnecessary and unwelcome part two I've ever encountered. You know, like, I mean, at least we discovered that Riza has a horse dick. I guess these are important things to so know there are often Riz will often drop need to know yeah, drop things about his, his member and uh, different different descriptive and you know it, he says something on uh, digital Bobby Digital Pit of Snakes I'll mention later but anyway Black Widow Part 2 completes a brace of the most unwelcome Part 2's in hip hop history um, I don't think of an album that reprised tr- two truly horrible songs for Part 2's I can't think of any time that's ever happened in hip hop history um and those kind of those two tracks kind of sit like big obst- obstacles in the enjoyment of this album you know if if bobby digital was maturing he was doing it at a snail's pace and after the disappointment in the commercial success of the debut album he was a bit more measured in expectation he told gary suarez in that same 2022 interview doing the second album i didn't have a measurement i didn't care about the measurement i felt like i'm gonna go and let this character have fun and play with this vibe and play with my toys I started off with samplers and digging through crates for records and samples to try and find an iller sample or even as an mc find a crazier metaphor i realized as i was growing i had many gadgets in my studio i put together a digital orchestra basically i had 20 30 keyboards i was like yo i'm putting these things to use i'm not going to take what just take what isaac hayes made or take what this guy made i'll go ahead and play what i'm playing the digital sound was new for my fan base in the beginning um, he said yeah i took it tough the criticism of that debut album but on the second album i let it flow i also found the balance by the time we get to where i'm at now to be honest i'm kind of like van gogh right now this is 2022 he's saying this by the way um i feel like the the production is a step up from his debut which is crazy to even think about uh, i think glocko pop is a very simple beat rizzo flourishes all over it and it was quantized to perfection we often talk about and we haven't talked about it much during the wu-tang episodes but in the past when we've talked about RZA, we've compared him to dr dre a lot in the sense of like he comes up with a very solid structure and then he adds these flourishes on top of it and that's that's him that's you know him as a producer and dr dre is very similar um you know there's there's like a, a keyboard flourish or like a little sample flourish here or something like that and, and that's what he has and he definitely does that, he builds up these these beats and uh, he kind of fills them out a lot more on this record um, you know, Must Be Bobby has a 90s boom bap beat with a simple piano loop over the top and these tiny percussion touches that really add to it uh, I think Brooklyn Babies is a brilliant track, the way that the BPM flips it like kind of speeds up and the song sounds really insistent and then RZA kind of brings up his cadence with that um, the lead single uh, it's super late 90s but on top of that, we got trademark future RZA, you RZA know, eccentricities. That's the way to say that word. And Written it down, I can't even say it. It's really stupid. I think Bong Bong is something brilliant. I love the space in that beat. Um, it's not the Neptunes. It's not Dr. Dre or Scott Storch. But RZA's production was evolving, and we see this criticism in, you know, U God leveled at him after Wu-Tang Forever, saying that his beats were getting worse and worse as the 2000s progressed. I just think they're different you know, I I think they're different, and I think, yeah, the development of Bobby Digital, well, I don't think it was non-existent on this record, you know, I think the most overt angle of the story comes on Brooklyn babies, Uh, RZA raps, as a Brooklyn baby, I was born up in Kings County inside the womb seven months before the Queen found me, up in Rowdy Brownsville with fiends around me, now Rome Gatt in Staten with cream team around me they call me bobby cousin billy got the black harley taught his son how to snipe cats like lee harvey you know he's it's, it's like he's he's ascending in that sense of where bobby digital was before um yeah i think the you know i think the growth is apparent you know whether you think it's good or not uh which lends further into i think the, the superhero alter egos like tony starks bobby digital becomes superhuman And he actually told an interviewer, and this is something we didn't talk about on the previous album because it wasn't as obvious, but it becomes more and more obvious as his discography progresses. Bobby Digital is a superhero. In the late 90s, he actually created a Bobby Digital supercar and a super suit. In real life, they exist. He made a super suit and a supercar. He says, he told an interviewer in 2008, "Um, that was real and Dirty was helping me. Me and Dirty were living together 98 in Battery Park, Manhattan, and the dirty, he says dirty, the feds are out to kill him. I had so much love for him and shit that I wanted to help protect him, and I had a feeling overcome me that I was a superhero, somebody to help the world. So I had my brother order a level four vehicle, that's what the president rides in. You can shoot at it with an AK and it keeps moving. After he hit a deer, it didn't even dent the car. The deer flew away in the air. Not even a dent on the paint. It was a Suburban. I've still got it. It weighs nine tons. It's parked at my brother's house in New Jersey. And the suit I built, but one of my employees sold it to a drug dealer. Some drug dealer in Brooklyn got it. That's funny. A $20,000 suit, level four bulletproof and knife proof. You couldn't stab me or shoot me head to toe. He had a $20,000 suit. It had a few other toys I don't like to talk about. I don't describe it too much. That dude who got it, he got it. Um, I have a briefcase to go with it as well to block bullets. We were just bugging out. We was getting high too. Don't get that twisted. We were partying hard. There's a certain mentality. So he fully inhabited the Bobby Digital superhero character so much so that he brought it into the physical world. So, you know, it is a superhero. And look, I like this album, man. I feel like Rizzo was shocked at the critical reception to this album as well. You know, we said last week he produced seven classics in a row, seven critically acclaimed albums. Um, His debut was meant to be the eighth, and it didn't eventuate. But I I do fully respect and love this fact. RZA didn't then try to make supreme clientele. He didn't try to make Only Built for Cuban Links. He didn't try to make another Wu-Tang album and drop it as his own because he knew that if he did that, it would have been successful. It would have been critically acclaimed. It would have sold a lot of records if he got every Wu member on there and just created, you know, another Wu-Tang album. Um, but he leaned even further into his persona and he created a deeper backstory. He kept the same lyrical concept and trusted in his own creativity enough to, to believe it would endure. And I think it has. I know a lot of people don't place this album high in their Woo solo album discographies and um, the, the rankings, but I think it's brilliant. And I think bravery should always be commended. And conceptually, it's starting to make more sense. We're starting to see a true story emerging. Um, And Bobby Digital is at an early stage of his development on this second album But I do see, you know, a bit of development Then we get his third album, uh, Birth of a Prince
0: And I come alive in interest Because this is actually good, I actually enjoy this album Um, I feel all the things you mentioned as positives to Digital Bullet I feel is just obviously much more pronounced in this case and um, yeah, it just makes it much more. Uh, I I see I see the growth within this one, um, and I I think because it's more pronounced, uh, I think it's uh, everything's all the better for it. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna dip through two tracks that are on each side of the well, each side of the disc, so to speak. Um, so I'm gonna start with Wee Pop, which I think is track three, and then uh, I'm gonna go for the Birth, which is uh, track fifteen. So bookending nearly. Uh, it's from the this from Wee Pop, double barrel shotgun, pop son. told nigger just not run. I saw him on two oh, two, two, 250th, two hundred fifth two hundred fifty for them. This dog was frozen, so my higher heat thawed him. I blown ya. Y- <laughs> Pause. You need to. You need a blood donor. Uh, my bitch go like Florida and La- uh Laronia. what a name that is. Uh, laundry mat hose. Who want clothes? I flow checks. One followed by six O's. I got hose in codes, different areas, which reminds me of the good old Nate Dog. I got hose. Uh, four ton whips are sitting on the interiors. The bass shake and the club like it's earthquaking. I cock arm past the bomb like Troy Aikman. Uh, play the basement like Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. You miserable. You get kidnapped by Kathy Basin. Thrown to the du- thrown to the dungeon for your sponging of Woo Killer B. What's your toll malfunction? And then you have at the end of this, our al- nearly end of this album, you have the birth where he refers to himself as uh, Prince Raheem in the in in the in the beginning, talking about knowledge of self. You know, mathematics, five um, percent you Googles? Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's why I, it's, it's, it's Ruzza, right? This it, don't feel like Bobby Digital to me. It's, it's, it's Ruzza in this sense, right? Um And uh, yeah, I feel like it's just all the, it's all the better when he's just in his bag like this. As a life can be slowed down 20 frames per second, seen through Panavision, the inner light inside my mind, mind's shined expands a prism, a man of wisdom, victorious in the glorious sight beyond sight. We stand up as divine warriors who smite with mighty right hand of God, yield the holy sword, swings the holy rod, then battle uh, in the pond of Nirvana, escape the realm of karma. Allow the true grace of God to shine through my persona and build reconstructional terms as constructive as we destroy the negative germs as destructive. Productively, sincerely, we uphold the righteous banner with the gold touch of Midas, mold the righteous hammer. And then he says the zigzag, uh, zigzag, 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 arm, leg, leg, arm, heads, obviously spells Allah, right, you get it. Um, And yeah, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. I feel like the like i said um the growth here i feel is much more pronounced and the album as a concept as a storytelling vessel it benefits all the much uh, for that clarity and um yeah you get you get a, i guess um you get a bit of a bit of both right this is um this is that 50-50 bread if any of you um in uh more developed nations are uh, you know more uh <laughs> are into that kind of thing i'm not into 50 50 just give me plain old white but anyway um it's a good album i like this uh, i enjoy this album um happy would listen to it again actually I, I would go as far to say i would say
1: 10 out of 10 charlie says he would listen to it again <laughs> 10 out of 10 slow down <laughs> i think this is his best album and i actually think it's a top 10 Wu solo album i think there are bangers on here uh, the grunge is banger, "We Pop" is a, gr- is a banger. Uh, I think, I think the name is important. Okay, so firstly, this is a RZA album. Uh, it's not a Bobby Digital album. It's the birth of a prince. Now, if you remember, RZA's first official alias was Prince Rakim. Now, the AV Club asked him why he rhymed under the name RZA on this record. He says, basically, for me uh, to kind of lead my fans through my life. RZA isn't an overnight thing, even though. When I came out with Wu Tang, I was known as the RZA. There was, who is this guy? Where did he come from? Bobby Digital was the medium I used to kind of explain where I come from, and some of the ideas I had in my head at first. Now he confirmed to AV Club, this is about, um, this is about him pre-RZA, Bobby Digital, uh, pre-Bobby Digital, uh, this is Prince Rakim. Obviously, there's an EP out there uh, under Prince Rakim. Um, we didn't talk about it because we don't do EPs on here, but came out pre-Wu-Tang we talked about it last week Um, but when he talked to AV Club he said when I got knowledge of myself and thought about moving around the city hip-hop was something that helped me with hip-hop I had to move around just to hear it because it wasn't everywhere you had to go to the Bronx or you had to go straight to the hood it was the same thing for b-boyism for knowledge street education all the books we couldn't get at school I became a student I had to start my life over I had to rethink everything I knew it's kind of complex when you talk about the reality of it but on the creative side of it it's not that complex still when you want to know the reality and the mentality behind it there's a few layers there so even with that knowledge there are some very deep tracks on here like a dated god is a thousand years um which i think is one of his more exciting and powerful lyrical performances on the album um the birth see the joy these are essential Riza tracks grits is one of the most iconic riser performances ever solo all woo incredible track um You know the track kind of sounds like it's going to be some sort of country-like croon fest uh maybe post 2010 nelly for example but when riz's vibrant vocals cut in he turns it into a true hip-hop track throwback storytelling uh literally and figuratively as it resembles a mid-80s devotion to telling stories with real frank openness and riz's eloquence is kind of offset by him being only very slightly offbeat which gives him the impression of him just kind of barging through the beat Master Killer just drops a worldie at the end. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant verse from Master Killer. Great song. Um, The beauty of Birth of a Prince is there's no bad tracks on this entire album. There's no unlistenables. Um, Drink, Smoke, and Fuck is the closest. Absolutely the closest. Oh,
0: gosh. yeah.
1: But it's saved by an incredible West Coast G-Funk banger. And RZA didn't lose total (laughs) lyrical control. Look, if if Bobby Digital... um, you know hadn't existed if the, the the two previous albums didn't exist you'd be like oh yeah drink smoke and fuck can't listen to that but because we've already endured so much from bobby Digital, yeah it's yeah it's, it's not as bad it's, it's tame it's tame <laughs> yeah. compared. oh yeah. my god we've got a <laughs> context now of, of what bad is but yeah it, our it's tolerance
0: not. he he raised our tolerance yeah, yeah. <laughs> he
1: doesn't he doesn't descend into weirdly specific violence you know so that's okay but I do think it's fair to put Grits in the same category as something like Incarcerated Scarfaces or Fourth Chamber. I don't think it's shadow boxing levels, but I do think it's fair to say it is one of the most iconic uh, Wu-Tang solo tracks, especially possibly the last Wu-Tang solo iconic track. Because what year did uh, Birth of a Prince come out? 03, I think. Oh, 03, um, yeah. yeah. I guess Fish Scale came out in 06, but I can't even, if you're asking me to, to pick a song off Fish Scale that I'd put on Liquid Swords, I guess the way that I always look at it is, uh, would this song go on Liquid Swords? Could it go on Liquid Swords? It's kind of like when you've got two football teams playing each other, and you're like, would any of my starting 11 actually make the starting 11 in the opposition's team? Right, if, if you're would, making
0: a combined 11.
1: Yeah, if you're playing against Man City, for example, and you're like, oh yeah, Harry Kane would make that team, but literally no one else in Spurs would make that side. That means <laughs> Harry Kane is an iconic player, right? And I see it similarly with Wu-Tang. Like, would Gritz Disrespect
0: go... to Kuvalevsky. goddamn. damn.
1: Kuwilevski. Kuveles- Kula- you can't Kulisevsky, say... sorry. Bro, you can't say disrespect to Kuvalevsky. and you get his name wrong. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Right, let's say it's part of the joke.
1: <laughs> well, Kuvaleski doesn't deserve a spot on Man City if people can't even remember his day. Oh, He's a good player, you know. Um No, look, that's what I'm saying. I say I think well, song could make. I think "Grits" could go on on the Good Swords. I think it's probably the only song in Riz's discography, solo discography, that would fit on Liquid Swords. Oh that's but, enough. Yeah. Did you snacks?
0: Oh, do we have to? <laughs> Can We got two albums to go, bro. Can we not just do that?
1: We got two albums to go. I like um, Rizzo I love these albums, man. I,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. um, yeah. Okay, so you know, uh, production is, I think, um, kind of the thing. I just, uh, I, I, I kind of, at this point while listening, having listening sessions I kind of just uh, kind of uh, went out of whatever was going on lyrically and I kind of just like focused on uh, production but with that said um, you know again mixed reviews-ish tots up to about an hour Um, features are very interesting Um, I feel like this and also um fuck, what's the next one? Uh that and also uh Digital Potions especially, 'cause I didn't listen to I, I didn't listen to that before, I wasn't even aware it dropped um last year, but um I do remember listening to Pit of Snakes but anyway. Um but yeah, compared to that I was just like, huh. really weird just set of uh feature list, um, when you look at it, right? I'm just seeing names that I haven't ever heard before. But then there's also George Clinton and L. Debarge on like uh, on, on up again. I'm just like okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it kind of uh, it's a very it's a very uh, I would say a different album to the rest of them. Um, whether you consider that a good or a bad thing is up to you. I feel like this album can go either way. Go either way uh, depending on who you are. Uh, for me. It's 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 a, it's there nicely in the middle. It's not in stereo, but it's not Birth of a Prince. And I guess I'll take it. You know what I mean? Um, at this point in the in the timeline, I'm just like, cool, fine. I I I'm gonna be conv- I'm gonna be reasonably confident in the fact that uh, Birth of a Prince will be his best album out of the set. Um, but hopefully, fingers crossed. Um. None of them will be on uh di- in stereo um levels of uh I don't want to listen anymore. And uh Digi snacks is I would say listenable. So um take that how you will. I will say um Inspector Deck on You Can't Stop Me Now. That whole track actually is kind of decent, I like that track. Um but yeah. The rest of them are just uh yeah, they just kind of go in different routes, and uh, I feel like creatively he switches it up a bit. Um, as you know, obviously the head of this particular you know our album and just the body of work. Um, so yeah, I'll give him respect on that. The uh, he switched up a little bit. Um, did it make it any you know mind-blowing tunes? I wouldn't say so, but yeah, it's okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say this is a weird album. It probably makes the most sense of his entire career because, you consider how scattered his vocals and rhymes became as the 2010s progressed. Um, the more scattered sections of this album make sense you know it's culminating and obviously his most recent album but there are some very unexpected songs on here you can't stop me now with inspector deck i think it's such a brilliant track uh it's as smooth and as centered as anything on cuban links but the beat is so iconic um that sample has been used by nas and mf doom and and most def so it's 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 a very well-known sample then you get david banner beat you got david banner beat on here straight up the block entirely different vocal tone from rizza mixed with this weird Jay-Z sample from Dirt Off Your Shoulder. I think it's great. I love that track. It really hits. I didn't like it when I first heard it. I'm like, man, it's unlistenable, but I don't know why. It just it, just, it grew on me. Um, mostly we see RZA rapping on pretty much every type of beat you could imagine. There's soul throwbacks, there's no limit bangers, there's Florida Georgia line country slow burns, there's cloud rap staples. You know, it's, it's 71 minutes and it's really good. I think it's really, I think it's his second best album. Um, yeah man i think it's i think it's good it, it would be his best if he didn't tell us his penis was curved like the nike swoosh don't tell us that bro <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> don't tell us that uh, man. that's funny i, I was cool that's not knowing weird. that I, was, I feel like I mean, that's
0: the doctor's appointment waiting to happen but sure he's
1: really like he's, he's really like developing the really character giving us all angles you know literally yeah, and figuratively Uh, love is digi is is a horrible song by the way it's not good 65 review average but that does include a brain dead pitchfork review giving him a 4 out of 10 Um, (laughs) and I didn't like that review as much we kind of got back on the pitchfork thing again but uh, RZA told Billboard the album is simply fun hip hop a perfect blend of reality fiction sci-fi and martial arts in 2008 interview with Dan Monick he said The world wasn't in a digital format in 98 now digital is the most compelling form of commerce and entertainment So this is a relaunch of the character The album is digisnacks because it's a snack pack of Bobby digital's world not only music and sounds But also the comic background the sci-fi background Um, Look at the artwork Um, Yeah, I mean he actually so he has lifelong nemeses nemesis is nemeses he says Uh, Raven, Hawk, Eagle, and Crane, the four birds of prey that I use as my enemies. Bobby Digital's lifelong nemesis. That adds a comic element to it as well as martial arts. So, you know, obviously he says I'm planning a comic book, a video game. Um, You know, there's a lot to unpack in that. Uh, Bobby Digital remains a superhero, at least in some sense. Um, He attributes Bobby Digital's struggle to that of trying to overcome systemic oppression in the US. This is probably well shown in the outro skit to O'Day. Um, into Don't Be Afraid I think that that probably if you want to go listen to that I think that really explains where he's coming from there Um, and again that's another one of his best and most beautiful lyrical displays over the top of a lovely beat and RZA moved closer and closer to Bobby Digital's final, final form so, in moments on this album, we get glimpses of the Zen master at the center of the Wu universe, which is Rizza, you know, capable of lyrically eviscerating you with some before untold truth or jewel. Instead of the drinking, smoking, and fucking Bobby Digital, we get a much more mature Bobby Digital, which is another thing I love about this album and Rizza in general. That character development from the second album is rarely spoken about in reviews or in hindsight. Um, I don't think people are sitting down and analyzing how much less bobby digital raps about sex violence and drugs i don't think people care enough to do that normally it would be me but i've been unwell so i didn't do it for this podcast but like i genuinely feel subjectively it's evident that rizzo was developing the bobby digital character and expanding his scope i like to see this album as a first real example of bobby digital and Rizza becoming one something that obviously happens on the next project which we'll now talk about bobby digital and the pit of snakes Oh, uh,
0: I'm good on this one. I've talked about this before when I listened to it last year. I, was, I, I remember it so distinctively of just, like, it's trying to be like a... And this is the thing. This is this is kind of, like, the irritation I have with Rezor overall is because, like I said previously, I love his fucking, like, movie scores, like, TV scores. Like, uh, some of those are just top tier, right? And Pit of Snakes just... Why, why is it trying to be a short film? And I just don't, and, you know, people have done that before, right? People, many people have done that before in terms of music. Um, but I just don't, it's it, it, it just, it, I, I just, I can't follow it. I can't follow it. It's very, it's It's. it's so, it's not, it's not, it's not even, it's like the, the dedication to the, to the, to the point. Is at the detriment of it just even sounding like songs that I can actually listen to, you know? Uh, and yeah, I just I just feel like it it sacrifices a lot to just be what it is, and the sacrifices ain't worth the the juice ain't worth the squeeze, um, in terms of that. Uh, but you know, to so hop straight into digital potions, which is kind of like a little bit of like a I don't know. I guess a little bit better. I guess in terms of that, you know, it's it's again short. It's uh you know about half an hour, so it's not too it's not too taxing. I I I mean, I barely recognize these two as whole albums. To be completely fair, you know, Pit of Snakes is eight tracks. Um, it doesn't go for too long. Um, and that's kind of I feel like a you know a bit mercy on a bit of mercy on especially on Pit of Snakes. I don't mind Digital Potions. Um, I think that's a solid uh project so classes an album personally um but again that's, that's, that's just 26 ish minutes or 28 minutes or half an hour or whatever of just um yeah of just not Peter snakes which is which is um uh, which is what I'm happy about um but yeah Peter snakes itself is just weird it's just trying so desperately to be a short film and uh you know while it succeeds in it it just Everything else is kind of a detriment, and uh, I don't really, I just didn't really vibe with it at all in terms of just what it's
1: supposed to be. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't think it's um, what is digital potion? I didn't listen to but it. So digital
0: potions, yeah. um, like it, it's just this very. Oh, it's like, an EP. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's it's basically it's it's an it is an EP in my mind, but you know it's 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 in album some fashions, but yeah, it's just a. It's just a project. Oh, it only um, came out on
1: vinyl. Did you listen to it on YouTube?
0: Yeah, I listened to it on YouTube. Um, they're all produced by him. It's hundred percent. Well, actually, no. One's by Core Mason, um, but yeah, Young Dirty Basses on the on the last track, uh, and yeah, the Reverend Willie Burke is on literally all of, uh, nearly all of it, except of the the second to last, the two last two tracks. So he's on. Um, so that's that. Like one, two, three, four, five. Five five tracks seven overall, and yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it it's, it's it's okay, it's okay, it's, it's nothing to you know write home about uh, but it's better than it's better than Pit of Snakes um, they're actually you know songs that are crafted songs, um, I liked the Young Dirty Bastard edition, um, which uh which uh, is a nice. A nice little homage, I guess, in that fashion. Um, I wonder what I wonder what apart from YDB being like, obviously ODB in the, in the in the soon to be finished uh, Wu Tang series. I wonder what he does past that. I don't he know if He, at does the, um, mu- he was I don't at the tiny desk music. concert.
1: He was at the tiny desk concert.
0: He did a whole tiny desk.
1: No, he was at the Wu Tang tiny he was desk. At the tiny desk. Oh
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I remember I saw that. Yeah, I yeah, think I saw he actually. Spat I just, bars I just wonder. I saw, him, I saw him live. I saw him live. Um. I saw when I saw We, we Tang live in twenty nineteen. Did he wrap Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he ODB's did all of. Parts? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's, that's what he did. He did. All, all of, he was like literally just ODB standing, obviously. To be fair, know, logically,
1: like I don't know how other people feel about that, but I think that's one of the coolest things. Like to I, love it. I love it. I love that was
0: a really. It's it's cool. It's great. It was a really good. Of, um, a lot of labels
1: have tried so hard to resurrect, you know, people who've passed away, but I think that that's probably the most respectful way of possibly doing it
0: yeah no, definitely. um yeah when I saw it when i was, it was like in this, it was like like in like so I think like a you know Mobite kind of suit like lever clans uh thing if I remember correctly, and yeah, he was just energetic, man. he was just it was it was clear he's younger than the rest of them he <laughs> was like bombing it up and down the stage and then and then everyone and like Jizz was just like stalking stalking the stage going back to forth and like Rayquan was, like you know just going like that and yeah and then uh you know Russ is coming in like popping bottles and shit and just like being the leader dude yes yeah, it was, it's was very not to review God's the rap from fucking 2019 uh but yeah it was it was very interesting um and even on this particular track on the digital potions I feel like it was it was a, it was a nice addition um and a nice uh, overall finish I guess to this overall saga of uh, listening to Raza projects.
1: But yeah. Yeah. I mean, the album Pit of Snakes, for example, I I didn't listen to uh, Digital Potions. Um, I wasn't aware. It's a bit bit weird. It's a bit weird he considers that an EP, but Pit of Snakes is an album. I'm not really sure what the difference there is. Pit of Snakes is an EP to me. I mean, this dropped mid-2022. It's his first solo album not to chart on the Billboard 200 or any Billboard chart for that matter. Uh, obviously, we waited 14 years between DigiSnacks and this. And in that interim, we saw with RZA withdraw more and more from mainstream music and devote more time to film and scores. Because prior to DigiSnacks, he was involved in 10 films. But after DigiSnacks, similar time period, it was 24. So his television career didn't actually start until a year after DigiSnacks dropped. And since then, he picked up twelve television credits. So he was very busy and less concerned with music, more concerned with in snowfall. Yeah, he was more concerned with making an impact. And and RZA's films and television experiences, they they weren't designed to be cash grabs. You know, they were all built. I felt like they were all building towards Wu Tang and American Saga, which obviously began in twenty nineteen. Kind of makes the culmination of um, a decade of hard grind in the film and television industry. You know, producing scores, playing bit part roles. RZA utilized his own brand to get his foot in the door and then he worked ridiculously hard to show that he was just as compelling an actor and writer as he is a rapper and then that's created you know all these opportunities um and yeah man Peter Snakes is very abstract listen I'm not going to defend it fully uh because I think his lyricism and the concepts he's trying to like tackle were I think look I think anyone who tries to take on and 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 talk about and break down very difficult concepts should be commended whether they're successful or not You know the amount of music out there that is just and again in Bobby digital's own Back catalogue the amount of RISA music from you know the late 90s early 2000s. It was just very banal very simple For them to then go to this direction even if it doesn't hit, you know, I think it's a success I think the music is the problem and production is ports weird um not weird in an abstract way just like kind of poppy at times kind of like rocky and and like almost like big pop power hooks it's like why why is that you know why? i don't understand that but again that's, that's the point of bobby digital and the pit of snakes it's like Bobby Digital is evolving and progressing, and he's not always going in the direction we want him to go. And that's the whole key point of Bobby Digital. It's not for us. It's not for the fans. If it was for the fans, if he wanted to do that, he would have done something completely different. We can't sit here and say RZA didn't know what he was doing, because clearly he did. He created Wu-Tang, and he created those seven classic albums. He knew what the people wanted. He created Supreme Clientele, and he saw the response to that, and he saw... The outpouring of love and support and critical acclaim for that album he didn't try and do that himself he never tried to do that himself in his entire solo career he just did something different and bobby digital was something different and i think it's a very unique solo discography because it's coming from an artist who (laughs) didn't have any pressure on him as a solo artist he didn't need to be successful he didn't need to be critically acclaimed he didn't need to make money didn't need to chart he didn't need to do any of that stuff because he already done it. Like he did it with everything else. Every you know the amount of movie scores he produced is in, is wild. Like uh, Ghost Dog, Kill Bill, Kill Bill Two, Soul Plane, Blade Trinity, The Protector, Blood of a Champion, Afro Samurai, The Album, Babylon AD. Like he just you know he did a lot of stuff outside of his solo. His solo albums were just not that big of a deal at all. And so I find it very fascinating for him to go and I I enjoy them. And I think that that's exactly why he made them. I don't think he made them for mass consumption and to be these like iconic classic albums again, because I think if he wanted to do that, he could have done that. He knows how to do that. He knows how to rap in that way. He did it on every Wu Tang album. When he's rapping on Wu Tang albums, he doesn't come in with crazy Bobby Digital nastiness. He raps the same as he raps on, you know, Jizzar album or Meth's album or. Ghost album like he knows how to rap in a way that people are going to respond to I don't think at any point he really expected and I know that he said on in an interview he was like I was a bit disappointed in the, the critical reception to my debut album, but then he didn't do anything about it. That's what I like. He didn't change. You know what I mean? He said, I was disappointed with the way it was received commercially and critically, but then he did the same thing because he realized, I don't give a shit about that. It doesn't matter to me. And I think this solo discography is for just random people like me. And I'm sure they exist out there. And I've been listening to RZA this entire month. I've just been rinsing him. If you go on my last FM, bro, I have just been listening to him over and over and over again. And I think that's the point of Rizza's solo discography. For, for the people that enjoy it, cool man it's great have a blast the majority of people man they're not going to enjoy it and they're going to disengage with it and i don't think that bothers Riza that much to be honest
0: dangerously close to shitting on my head and tell me it's raining there but um I'll, i'll let you live um I mean, I didn't yeah. say
1: anything about it. you can. You can feel whatever way you want about the arms. <laughs> I, I does does not. Just because you don't like them doesn't mean that I'm not telling you, <laughs> you that I you feel, need to like them. I'm just, literally saying like it's okay <laughs> that you don't like them. It's normal. I think. Okay, all right, all right. It's cool. I, know, I just
0: felt. I just felt like you just uh uh just.
1: Oh, uh,
0: just put putting the cape on a little bit. Uh, but it's fine. it's cool
1: i mean i i just said, like if you don't like it, that's cool like that's okay i do okay. i All right. I'm allowed to like his music like it's, I know. Okay. it's cool
0: All right, cool, yeah, unique is um definitely a term to use um i would say, um but you know like i said um i <clears throat> if it it has his name i has his name on it right, and um they didn't work for me personally, <clears throat> but hey man shit that though the the fact the fact is is that funny enough compared to the reason why he's such a unique dude is because when you think about people's solo albums people see those as like the thing the main the main course right Riz's solos are literally just like side missions that's how I've decided to look at them they're just side missions to him like if you want to, you know, spin, spin the, spin the other one, other woo, excuse me, woo solo projects. Um, we're getting into um the the woo woo projects. Um, sometime down the line, probably after women, uh, Women's History Month. Um, you know, go spin those because I think that's where he's that's his main course, right? His the bigger picture is his main course. Funny enough, um, the film scores are I feel more um conducive of who uh, or more indicating of who RZA is than his solo albums which is just weird because you don't say that for Jay-Z you don't say that for Nas you don't say that for anybody any artist musical artist you know apart from maybe Rihanna at this point um where I feel like for her the music's second right but for RZA, I feel like the, the 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 solo albums were kind of like second fiddle to other things and once you once you look at them through that lens I feel like you will um you will just you you'll probably enjoy them a bit more than um than me before I went into this thinking that of course it's solo albums right pride and joy all that stuff right and they probably still are right they probably you know obviously put effort in them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I feel like if you asked him to rank like his, uh, his, uh, film and TV scoring, um, slash acting, directing, whatever, right. All the film shit, uh, his solo discography or his numerous involvements in Woo projects. I feel like he'd probably rank the solo third. Um, and that's just, that in itself is complete unique in my mind. Um, but that's that's just that's just how I'm choosing to see them because if I see them any any different uh I'll be pulling my hair out so uh, <laughs> so this is I partly say that for peace of mind <laughs> so. oh goddamn. all right. We'll finish there. I'll finish there'll i it to light note how's the uh electroshock therapy I know it's not that but <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's not fun, man. It's not fun. It's um, it's called transcranial magnetic stimulation, and uh, apparently it is. I mean, I know what it is. They you sit in a chair and they put a thing on your head and it like fires a magnet into your brain every second, and it feels like someone's flicking you in the head. Um, I've got, I've done three sessions. I've got twenty seven to go, and I am absolutely destroyed. But I won't talk about it too much because I've read a lot. Um. And I know a lot about mental health treatments and medications and, you know, everyone's experience is going to be different. I don't want to scare people off. Um, So, yeah, my my experience hasn't been good thus far. But, you know, I'm going to be uh, like, I'll just be taking a massive break from hip hop numbers. I probably won't even I don't even know if I'm going to do the weekly graphic. I'll update the playlist. But, um, yeah, I'm just going to be super low key. So I'm not going to be doing anything for the next foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, man. Fair enough. Um, yeah, all part of the all part of the long term goal, I guess. On that front, um, yeah. For me, I mean, um, help a local exhibition um, in uh, my area. It's kind of like a. It's called Luminosity City, City and uh, it's basically it's just like a you know light based installment. Uh, installments is that the word? Um, Installations. Yeah. Installations. That's the one. Um, so yeah, it was kind of, uh, interesting just going around, uh, going around town just like, uh, taking pictures of, of, uh, of the, of the installations and, uh, of, and of such. Um, obviously, as you can imagine, had to be at night, so, I uh, tried out some night photography. I haven't looked at them yet, but, um, from, from a glance, uh, seems pretty solid, um, so I can't complain about that. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, lastly, Chelsea Suck, um, there's that too
1: yeah that we was to, a wild game move. bro like that was i
0: didn't watch it um, i didn't watch it I, did, I didn't watch it i'm not, I'm not. I, I saw the score i was like yep okay cool fine premier's over anyway for me so that's it. <laughs> it's, it's 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 uh hey man it's, it's win the League eagle bus at this point uh, like i said a couple of weeks ago nice no, there's no point so uh there's that Shout out to All-Star Weekend as well. That was a uh, reasonably enjoyable. Didn't uh, peep much of it, but, um, yeah, shout out to the great White Hope, uh, Mac McClung, for uh, uh, for winning the dunk contest. That was pretty solid. Damien Lillard winning the three-pointer. That was pretty solid. That was calm. I'm wondering why nobody, why they haven't ever implemented a one-on-one tournament. Like, just get eight players that, are, you know, that, that want to do it. And that's, all, that's always the thing, isn't it? It's like, uh, we always want to see, like, We've always wanted to see like, you know, LeBron James in the non contest, but he's never done it. Um and stuff like that. But I feel like a one on one tournament, like, you know, first to eleven, I feel like a lot of people would put their hat in for that because people love to be the love to be ISO gods, um, in, in today's NBA. So, you know, put your put your put the put the put your mouth money where your mouth is and uh, you know, go in a going to one-on-one tournament um so free 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 idea for you nba free free idea uh for 399 uh, let me know my dms are open oh and i f- am <laughs> oh, shout out to twitter for that two f- two-factor authentication imagine paying for pri- for basic privacy it's, it's hilarious
1: that's great to be um, fair I, I subscribe to twitter blue on hip-hop numbers um
0: uh well, wanker <laughs> yeah
1: no a super wanker man i was i'm nasty i wanted the engagement bro i wanted the i wanted the algorithmic help I'm not, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna dress it up and say i did it for any other reason than i just wanted i wanted the help but yeah I the, that
0: blue tick
1: i mean luckily i've got an authorization app that i use so apparently they're only removing it for text messages they're not removing it forever. yeah but you can see like he's doing it out of it's money like he doesn't want to send the text messages it's obviously costing twitter a lot of money yeah
0: i I feel like I feel like these I feel like the, some of these uh, social networks are like are reaching a late stage already, and it's only been like fifteen years, twenty years for some, right? Um, just the fact that Facebook is now charging for shit—it's just like we're gonna we're gonna ring we're gonna ring out your wallet as well as all your data for the past fifteen years, but we're gonna do just that little bit more before we fully just tank all of this because. I I just feel like Facebook especially is just like this late stage of just growth where it's like critical mass, right? And it's just like, yeah, let's just let's just price let just price shit, see what happens, you know what I mean? And people are legit gonna pay for that shit and it's just like tiresome. Instagram I mean, still has bugs that I still experience and I have experienced for nearly a decade now. It's actually silly. Um, Instagram is
1: is now not good. I mean, it's impossible to grow on Instagram unless you're paying, at least in my experience. uh, It's 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 super demotivating when you're making good content and it's popping up like, you know, people are loving it. Like your followers are like, this is amazing. And every time someone comes across your page by chance, they message you and like, this is so unique. I can't believe I've never seen this before. It's like, you've never seen it before because Instagram won't show it to you unless you... Follow me, like you know what I'm. Anyway, it's just it, I'm losing <laughs> a lot of motivation for the whole thing. To be hundred percent honest, oh, I assume yeah, Twitter right, will go yeah, at yeah, some yeah, point yeah, in yeah. the next couple of years. It's just going to end. Um, it just yeah. doesn't seem to be. seem to be. I can't wait for yeah. the day, man.
0: I can't wait for the day. It's going to be. It's yeah. going to be an interesting day be of be just like me not having any more social networks. What are you I, it'll be. It'll be. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be freeing. It'll be disorientating. Um, at the same time. Uh, but yeah, man, I can't wait. I, I remember I said I probably said this on pop before, but like I saw a video just one time of like this dude talking. And he was like, "You can't be counterculture anymore, and the only way you can do it in any form now is literally just not being on social media." Like that's literally the most counterculture shit you can do right now, and I mean counterculture in the same way as like you know punk rock back in the day, like just like counterculture. And if you if you're on social media, you you just you can't you can't be that. Even the you know, even even the likes of um, you know activists and stuff like that. You know if they're on social media, it's like you you pigeonate in some fashion. It's it's a bit weird. Um, shout out to Rick Rubin, by the way, who did a great interview um, on the Ezra Klein show. Um, hyped up his book, obviously, but um, a new book coming. But uh, it was a very very fascinating fucking interview. Um, I rarely, you know, find like music interviews. I find you know truly fascinating. Um, that come across my feed. Um, uh, but that was very very interesting. Um, so yeah, shout out to agreement. Re- All right, we'll finish there. Um, uh, random random flow of thoughts out the window, ladies and gentlemen, <coughs> from the Fifth uh, End podcast network. It's been digging. Digits, hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm charged to say the Fifth and we numbers <laughs> hope you all have a good week we shall always always try and do the same but until next time take it easy ladies John. alright peace this <laughs> <laughs> is produced by me and Meg Carter the show is edited by me music for the show it's piece of video games by bonus points it's a short music for the to use Socials for the Hip Hop, by Numbers, Finest Points, and your Music will be in the full show notes as well as the names of projects for for every listening. This has been a 5th Inn podcast, so a production. Thanks for spending time with us. I'll see you next time on Digging in the Digi.